Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and I'd like to welcome you to the Compliance Report International Edition. Today we have Compliance Man Goes Global, Episode 9, Unstoppable. In this episode we will focus on the things which could actually kill a compliance program within an organization. As always, I'm joined by my colleague Tim Kazanov-Batarov, the developer of the Compliance Man Illustrated series. Tim is a 17-year compliance practitioner, primarily in emerging markets. What we do is take myths, concepts, or the conventional wisdom and see if they work both in the United States and in emerging markets, where Tim has much more familiarity. It's a fascinating exploration of what compliance means literally across the globe in mature and emerging, growing, and new compliance markets. Today's episode, Unstoppable, is based upon a song that Tim uh, found particularly resonated for him as a compliance practitioner. The Compliance Report International Edition and Compliance Man Goes Global are part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report International Edition and Episode 9 of Compliance Man Goes Global. This week's title is Unstoppable, which we will explain towards the end of the podcast. In this episode, we will focus on things actually which could uh, demonstrably hurt or even kill the compliance function in your organization. We explore this matter in playing language in a simple game form. And as always, I'm joined by my colleague, Timur Kazanov-Batarov. And Tim has uh, added, as always, a Compliance Man Illustrated series uh, uh, illustration for this episode. So for those listeners who may not be aware of our format, in each podcast, we take two concepts or uh, conventional wisdom or more perhaps more accurately misconceptions from the in-house com- compliance perspective. We check out <clears throat> to see if these concepts work in emerging markets. Tim has practiced compliance for 17 years in emerging markets, and one of the things we are trying to communicate in this podcast series of Compliance Man Goes Global is, are there differences in compliance from more mature and developed uh, countries, such as the United Kingdom or the United States, from compliance programs in emerging markets? And that's really where Tim's expertise comes in. For each podcast, we divide the roles with Tim advocating one side, pro or con, and then I generally take the other, and we try to convince uh, each other and the audience uh, what we might face is either a fact or a pure myth. As a result, we hopefully will come up with some practical solutions for the in-house compliance practitioner in emerging markets. So, Tim, with that long-winded introduction, um, I was uh, wondering, uh, first of all, thanks for joining me today, but I was wondering if you could tell us what the weather is like where you are right now. Well, in Moscow, it's pretty cold, Tom. Uh, it, it was snowing a bit. Otherwise, it's fine. Temperature? Well, in Celsius, I think it's minus 7. I'm not sure that I know how, how much it's going to be in Fahrenheit. So minus 7 Celsius equates to about 10 degrees Fahrenheit. For those uh, plebeians out there who may not know uh, Celsius, uh, in Texas, we would call that cold. So, uh, Tim, with that, uh, why don't we just jump right into it, because we've got some very interesting, and but I think really important myths to take a look at today. So, myth number one, the absence of support from top management could kill compliance 
as a concept within an organization. So, Tim, uh, first of all, do you agree with that statement? And then I really would like you to sort of expand as have you ever seen this happen? Well, Tom, that's a very interesting question. I think we should define whom we consider at top management and what we mean by support. If we start with the question of top management, I would think that there is no need to expect appreciation or kind attitude, so to say, to compliance from everyone among seniors. It will never happen. You obviously want to have understanding of what you have been doing among decision makers. Still, it doesn't, doesn't lead to full support in everything compliance officer is proposing. I believe it's about values. So if key stakeholders appreciate integrity and compliance, that's something which really matters for compliance officer. The second question is about support. Based on my practice, there is no way to have daily support from everyone in the organization. In the same time, if compliance person maintains good working relations with employees from different levels of corporate hierarchy, that makes operationalizing of compliance program more effective. So what, what was your opinion, Tom? So, Tim, actually, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go a little bit different uh, uh, direction from you because, first and foremost, uh, I think the uh, issue of why top management must support compliance is more than simply critical. It's mandatory. It's senior management that sets the priorities of a company, and if they are not committed to doing business in compliance and ethically, everyone in the organization will uh, understand that. So that if there, even if there is a compliance program, but the only thing you are evaluated on as an employee is your whether you make your numbers, um, people are going to understand that. If the employees who continually exceed their numbers are the ones who are promoted within an organization as opposed to those who may be doing business uh, ethically and in compliance, and people will see that. Uh, I often tell the story of an unnamed regional vice president I once uh, worked with, uh, and he is alleged to have said the following, if I violate the code of conduct, I may or may not get caught. If I violate the code of conduct and am caught, I may or may not be disciplined. However, if I miss my numbers for two quarters, I will be fired. If uh, And that I will tell you that employee was never fired because he never missed his numbers. He understood that he was being evaluated simply on whether he hit his sales numbers. And if that's what senior management focuses on, that will be communicated through the organization. The second thing is that if uh, there's not a commitment from senior management um, and that commitment is not demonstrated in senior management's conduct, that it actually could hurt the company from the legal perspective. And what I mean by that, Tim, is that under the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program, the six principles of adequate procedures, the Brazilian Clean Companies Act guidance, the new guidance for the French law, Sapondu, uh, and really every uh, anti-corruption, anti-bribery law across the world says that if you do not have a demonstrable uh, commitment from senior management in their conduct, you don't have 
an adequate compliance program. And if you don't have an adequate compliance program, you have no defense if a, a violation occurs. So in addition to setting culture and ethics, I find it important from the uh, legal perspective that, you know, you and I are both uh, have that background. So we want to have a legal defense as well. So um, those are the reasons that uh, I think it's it's really perhaps even more important than, than you see it. Um, I agree with uh, your approach regarding support and values, um, but there's also the, um, the issue of trust. And when the compliance officer is promoting, promoting compliance initiative, initiatives across the organization, it's really uh, going to be only successful if employees are um, – not only willing, but want to endure that, uh, excuse me, uh, embrace and move that forward. So um, if there's no trust from senior management that compliance is important, uh, employees will not support uh, compliance. So uh, I'd really kind of like your thoughts on what I've put out there, Tim, but also, you know, you've worked in emerging markets and and perhaps you've seen uh, examples that we've been talking about. Right, Tom. I think it's it, it's something which is going on uh, daily uh, in, in the in the reality of the emerging markets. I think you have raised a very important question with regards to the trust to, to compliance people. So uh, definitely, if you are able to demonstrate to top management that what you've been doing is not just like you know paper compliance or just very legal thing, but rather mitigation of risks. For the company and actually mitigation of the personal risk of liability for the top management, that will be appreciated. That is why I think you 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 raised a very interesting and important matters with regards to trust to legal defense. This is something which is which is on the agenda here at the emerging markets. That's for sure. Uh, okay, so we both agree that uh, that's very important. I, I really think that if you don't have it, it may actually um, destroy your compliance efforts going forward. But um, let's go to myth number two, uh, and this I think is an area that you've had uh, some experience with. But um, let me just throw it out there for you, Tim. Bad corporate culture can kill compliance. Now, this is separate and apart from the tone that senior management. Has said this is the culture of an organization. What uh, what are your thoughts on this concept, Tim? Well, Tom, I would agree that culture of non-compliance could kill compliance ideas such in the organization. I believe that no matter if it's a big corporation or a small firm, the culture starts from the CEO. There is always someone in the organization who is not a fan of compliance. It's fine unless uh, CEO himself doesn't support ethics. In this case, I believe you have no chance to survive. In our touched issue of the Compliance Man Illustrated series, we have depicted challenges which compliance professionals face. However, in my view, issues like decrease of the department's headcount or budget are something which cannot stop compliance officer. So what are your views, Tom? So, Tim, I think uh, at least in the United States, they say that culture always trumps compliance. And by that, I think what is meant is that if your company's culture is not one to do business ethically and in compliance, it really doesn't matter what compliance man, what the compliance practitioner, what the compliance professional does. If you have a, um, 
a corrupt culture, uh, you're not going to have compliance. And here in the United States, probably the most current and best example I could point you to is Uber, um, which did extraordinarily well as a business, yet had a, a very corrupt culture uh, under the prior CEO. And whether they're able to succeed going forward is obviously still an open question. But I, I believe that strong ethical culture is a key factor for building a solid compliance program. From a practical perspective, I think uh, surveying personnel about the attitudes to doing business in compliance and ethically and with integrity could give you a real picture about the state of culture in an organization. Another point is <clears throat> to understand the views of managers who, due to their job responsibilities, pose compliance risk. In other words, those that are in high risks. This may refer to heads of construction or procurement teams as they interact, interact with government officials literally on a routine basis to uh, not only make sales, but to do their jobs. In an ideal scenario, they share those types of high-risk employees would share the values or at least follow the company's compliance procedures. In the worst case, your efforts in embedding compliance programs in your organization could be diminished by uh, ignorance from the actors that, on the critical role in which they play. And I, I would uh, say there, Tim, that that's really the role of the compliance professional to teach and educate and train those high-risk employees about the risks they could put the company in. So um, I think we both uh, really agree that uh, corporate culture, uh, a, a corrupt culture can kill compliance. And uh, I would just uh, hope that as the compliance professional, Tim, in the emerging market, that you would have uh, support of senior management to get people to try to listen to you. And if I could take that a step further, I would say the the thing that uh, seems to resonate with business people is if you can show doing business ethically and in compliance will actually get you more business. Uh, in other words, uh, add a return on investment to the bottom line, then that's when business people will certainly uh, sit up and take notice. So uh, some interesting discussions today, but Tim, what I wanted to end with perhaps is asking you, where did you come up with the uh, the title for today's episode of Unstoppable? Well, actually, Tom, I was inspired by a famous video, Unstoppable, of a singer called Sia. I think uh, it it's really resonates with, with what, what we've been doing daily as compliance professionals. So we just want to be unstoppable, uh, and we've been facing dif different type of difficulties. However, as a compliance person, we have to understand that we will face challenges. That's the rule of the game. However, we should be strong and just be unstoppable. Well, uh, Tim, as always, it's been an excellent discussion and a lot of fun. So this is Tom Fox and Tim Kachanoff-Bateroff, and I hope you'll join us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll join us for our next episode of Compliance Man Goes Global on the FCPA Compliance Report International Edition. And we will bust some more corporate myths. Tim, as always, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Compliance Report International Edition, <coughs> Compliance Man Goes Global, Episode 9. If you have listened to our podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it help us our, helps in the rankings and helps get the word out about the only 
U.S.-based compliance podcast, which takes a look at international issues and in Compliance Man Goes Global, compliance in emerging markets. I hope you will join us again next week for another episode of the Compliance Report International Edition. The Compliance Report International Edition is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.